we're going to look at how we make each other better. When it came time for me to pick a university after my freshman year of college, I was transferring away from jury. I felt that God had called me to go uh, get a degree in biblical studies as I was called to be in ministry, and I just needed a really solid foundation uh, to do that with. And so I felt like God was was calling me to do that. And so my choice really was between two universities here. It was either going to be Southwest Baptist or Evangel. Now, Southwest Baptist is a Baptist university, and Evangel, for those of you that don't know, is Assemblies of God. Uh, I grew up Southern Baptist, and to be completely honest, I was totally convinced of our superiority, right? Like, we know what we're talking about, everyone else is a little off the rocker. Uh, It's honestly how I felt, and I was utterly shocked, like really just, I, I don't know how many times I asked God if he was sure when he was like, I want you to go to Evangel. God, are you sure? <laughs> are you positive? You know, what? what are you doing here? What's going to happen? You see, but as it turned out, like most occasions, God was completely 100% right. And I have improved so much because of my time at Evangel. Now, the reason that that took place is because of the daily conversations that I was able to have in my Bible classes that made me form and put a foundation to the beliefs that I had already held. And it changed beliefs here and there a little bit, and it taught me new things. And literally every single day, we'd talk about a new subject, and the professor would say, hey, Paul, you're Southern Baptist. What do you think about this? And then it would be like me versus 29 other kids. And that seems intimidating, and it was, but it also made me stronger. It made me think more. It made me better. And it made me really, um, like I said, have some... uh, proof in my pudding, so to speak. And so the first thing I learned going to the Assemblies of God University is that the Assemblies of God are not nuts. Now, <laughs> this may shock you, surprise you. You, you, may be, you may have grown up Assemblies of God, and that's great too. Um, but here's the one thing, couple things I learned that I had thought before. One thing, they don't think that you can lose your faith like for every little thing, right? It's not just like some, here's my term again, willy-nilly thing where it's just like, oh, you stubbed your toe, you dropped an S-bomb, and now your face gone. Like, like Jesus is like, oh, there goes your salvation. Yeah, that's not how it works. And just so you know, that's not how they think it works either. The second thing I learned is that they don't run around all day talking in gibberish, uh, which is speaking in tongues, which I have a lot more respect for now that I went to Assemblies of God University and realized that it's not completely gibberish. In fact, they are uh, really pretty strict about how that gift is used, and they, they teach to have some really strong parameters around that. And so I learned that, uh, you know, maybe even though that's not my cup of tea, it doesn't mean that there's not value to it, and it doesn't mean that there's not value for them. Uh, and then I also learned that they're not going to be like flipping towels at you all the time. And I know this is some pretty stereotypical stuff, but just like all denominations, right, they, they, um, they have some sects in the Assemblies of God Church that are a little out there, in my opinion. But I also need to remind you that somewhere in the middle of Kansas, there is a church called Westboro Baptist Church. And so, you know, we don't always want to be judged based off the extreme in any direction. And so I learned a lot of good things from my time at Evangel. Here's the thing. We are better together because when we are together, we can strengthen each other through conversation. As I said earlier, Proverbs 27, 17, it says that iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Wolford and Zuck of the Dalek Theological Seminary state that when iron is rubbed against another piece of iron, it shapes and sharpens it. A lot of you already know that. He goes on to say that similarly, similarly, people can help each other improve by discussions, criticisms, suggestions, and ideas. But, 
And here's a big but. For, in order for this to take place, the first thing that we have to do is get rid of our their wrong complex. Okay, and we all have this a little bit. And that's that thing where when somebody doesn't completely line up with what we think, then we automatically say, well, you're wrong, right? So if just a little bit of it's wrong, then you're wrong. And in our society today, um, it's gone even further. It's like, uh, if you don't agree with me, then now you hate me. Now you don't like me. Now you wish evil on me. Now you don't want good things for me. But here's the thing, much like the mountain gorilla, Middle ground in our society is in danger of becoming extinct, and we have to have that. I know you guys like that. There's a couple of you. You'll catch up. It was a good one. Just, you know, play it back on the podcast. (laughs) So that's the way our society operates now. It's just that if somebody disagrees with me, then they're wrong, and they don't like me, and they're against me. Now, some of us will balk at that, right? Some of us will say, look, I'm not like that. Like, I, I, I listen to other people's ideas, and I form new ideas all the time, and I think that's a great thing. We all need to be lifelong learners. We all need to be able to have discussions with people who don't think exactly like we do, uh, but I think if we're honest with ourselves, if we look really, really, really deep down, we will all find just a little bit of that within us, right? That, well, they're just wrong, right? If we didn't think that they were wrong, then we wouldn't argue for our point uh, with such vigor or with such energy. And the problem with that is we put people at poles. We put people at poles. We say you're either here or you were there. You're either at the North Pole or you're at the South Pole. You can't be anywhere in between. So that's an issue because... If we say, well, you're not here, then you have to be all the way over there, what does that do in our relationship with people, and how does that disrupt our ability to not only share the gospel with them, but have positive relationships with them, to make each other better, to um, have discussion? It kind of stifles all that, and we don't want that as Christians. Believe it or not, we don't want that as Christians. Like, it would be great if everybody thought exactly the way that we did and believed exactly the way that we do, but the fact that people have other opinions allows us to really build a firm foundation in ours, right? So if someone comes to you and they say, well, Jesus isn't the only way. Now, kids, I want you to be very clear. I want, I want you to hear me on this. I believe Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. But there are people out there who believe differently. And so those people will say, well, there's many ways that you can get to heaven. Now, what if that's true? See, now we don't always, I don't believe that to be true. But am I just saying that because that's what I've been taught? Or do I have a firm reason, you know, rooted in scripture, rooted in my self-experience, rooted in what I've lived through on a daily basis that allows me to say, this is why I believe what I believe. Every one of us should have some dissenting opinion in our lives, okay? And, and one of the people that struggled with this, putting people at polls, was Peter, the disciple of Christ. See, Peter was a Jew's Jew. Now, you've heard me talk about Peter before. Like, he was about as perfect a Jew as you could get. Okay, he was law-abiding, and he kept to the commandments, and he stayed true to cleanliness standards. But because of that, conversing with the uncircumcised, like the Gentiles, was never going to be on his agenda. Now, that all changed in Acts 10. If you look at verses 9 through 16, it says that the next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the housetop and about the six, about the six hour to pray. And he became hungry, and he wanted something to eat. 
But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens open and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals, reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him and said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times. Peter apparently needs stuff to happen three times before he sinks in with him. But this happened three times, and then the thing was taken up at once in heaven. And so Peter, if you read on in this chapter, he was kind of really wondering, what is God doing here? Like, what is God exactly trying to show me? Like, apparently I can eat whatever I want. Okay, it makes it easier to eat lunch. But like, what is God showing me here? And then if you continue to read in this chapter, the very next chapter, Gentiles approach Peter. And they say, listen, our leader, he's a God-fearing man, and he would like to speak with you. And Peter, it clicks with him. And he says, oh, this is what that was about. Anything that God calls clean, I should not call unclean. And so Peter opens himself up to having discussion with people that before he never would have. And Peter, the rock on which Christ built his church, helped spread the gospel to people that he would have never talked to. Can you imagine the damage that it would have done to the early church and to the church in general if Peter, the guy who Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church, had rejected an entire people group because he considered them unclean, because he thought they were wrong, because he put them at a pole and he said there can't be any good within them. We do that too. And when we do that, we blackball people in our lives who need to be able to have conversations with us, who need to be able to have a relationship with Jesus, who need to be able to have that conversation and expand on ideas and grow and, you know, build a foundation for why they believe what they believe. And so we rid ourselves of this complex, right? We get rid of this they're wrong complex and we allow ourselves to have conversation with others. Now we have to figure out who or what is sharpening you in your life. Who or what is sharpening you in your life? What has influence on you in your life? What is guiding the decisions you make? What is leading you to do the actions that you do? That's what we have to figure out. It's vitally, it's vitally important, like I already said, that we have some dissenting opinion in our life. You need someone in your life who's not a yes person. Someone in your life who will tell you that it stinks when it does. I have two such people in my life. Now, I, I have more, but I have two that I, I've really leaned on in my life. One is my wife. She's my best friend, and I will tell you, the minute I'm wrong, she will not hesitate to let me know, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. I need that balance. I need that balance because I need another opinion that says, hey, what you just did right there wasn't quite right. What you did right there was kind of crazy. Or, hey, can you explain to me why you think that or why you did that? And it really makes me get back to, why did I say that? What was the purpose of it? And am I wrong here? And as she'll tell you, a lot of times I am, <laughs> you know? So it's good to have in our life. The other person, my best friend, Alec, I've known him for a long time. He knows everything about me. He knows every weakness. He knows every strength. He could tell you that he, we finish each other's sentences. It's pretty gross, okay? It's like if you've ever seen Step Brothers, and I don't mean to bring up a movie that's not PG at church, but if you've ever seen Step Brothers, it's like that tight-knit of a relationship. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Okay, so it's we're just that close. And, and when I do something that's wrong and I step out of line, he, he just he's from Hawaii. So excuse the in, 
impersonation, but he's like, bro, what are you doing? You're nuts. Like, stop it. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. And then we talk about how could I have done this better? Can, can we pray for one another? Can we go through this together? How do we strengthen each other? Galatians 6, 1 through 5 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Don't miss out on that. You should restore them in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. We were meant to be together. Like peanut butter and jelly, like milk and cookies, we improve one another. And if you think one of those doesn't improve the other, you're wrong. That's the only time today I will tell you you are wrong. Unless you're going to substitute honey for jelly because then we can talk, okay? Now we're talking. But milk and cookies, there's no wiggle room there, right? Kids, understand. Kids, how many of you like milk with your cookies? Boom. See? So I'm saying. All of you... All of you feel great because you are right. You are 100% right here. But we're, we're called in life to make each other better. And the way that we do that, what Proverbs 27, 17 is completely talking about is that it's talking about that conversation that needs to take place. It's talking that we need to have other people in our lives that will tell us no, that will tell us we're wrong, that will listen to ideas when we have new ideas, that will, that will be able to not just blow them off, but critique them and, and show you if there's any good within them. It's important for us to do that. And so my third thing, and, and it's another question, is are you a sharpener? Are you a sharpener? Name the last one-sided conversation that you had that was really beneficial for both parties. Anyone? Anyone just like, hey, I just like, like I do this every Sunday, it's kind of a one-sided conversation. So I hope it's beneficial for at least some of you. But I know it's beneficial for me. But, but like really, usually conversation doesn't work real well when only one person is talking. Like when you're being talked at and not talked to and you're not having a discussion, the first thing you do is throw up your walls and you automatically say, I don't want to have any, hear anything this person says. Like even if they may be right, like you shut down because they're just preaching at me. <laughs> don't shut down here, by the way. Don't, don't shut down. Let's listen a little bit. <laughs> but if we look in, 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 in Scripture, iron sharpens iron. It's, it's a mutually beneficial sharpening. Second time we've used that term. James 5.16 tells us that we are therefore to confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has a great power as it is working. So many of us are terrified to talk to other people about the areas that we struggle because we're worried about the judgment that we are going to face. As Christians, we cannot be a judgmental party. We cannot be a judgmental party. That doesn't mean, and hear me out, that doesn't mean that we don't try to lead people in the right path, that we don't try to improve people's decisions making, uh, decision making to make you know, their choices more godly. It just means that we approach each other in a spirit of gentleness. That when someone comes to us and says, I've been struggling with fill in the blank, 
right? I've been struggling with alcohol. I've been struggling with addiction. I've been struggling with gluttony. I've been struggling with, I mean, pick whatever it may be that you could struggle with or have struggled with. Like, is our first reaction to say, you know, I've, I've struggled too. I've struggled too. How can I be of a help to you in this situation? Or, or is it, well, that's wrong and that's dirty and we, we like play the nice person, but in the back of our mind, we're really just judging them the whole time. And we check them off our list of acceptable people. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says that we are therefore to encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Now, the church in Thessalonica was really good at this, apparently, because the encouragement here is to continue in this process. But it's important that we are building other, each other up and not tearing each other down. Okay? Listen, when we have sin in our lives, right, let's, let's picture sin as a tower, like, just picture it as a tower, a building, whatever it is. Now, eventually, when we recognize, oh, look at all the sin that I have accumulated. Look how tall my tower is. We sit there and we think, man, I, uh, I need to get rid of this tower. I need to get rid of this tower. And so if we see that sin in other people's life, and we're like, man, I see this tower that they have, and we need to get rid of it. We don't, like, demolish the tower to build a new one. It's almost like that tower has some kind of feature in it to where we can just make it disappear. You hear what I'm saying? Like, it just disappears. Because that's what God does for us. He doesn't demolish our tower. He doesn't sit there and say, look at all this rubble. Look at all this junk that you've accumulated. Look at all this stuff that we have to move out of the way. He says, look, you've built it up to the 95th floor. Well, on the 96th floor, we are going to start anew. And everything from this point forward is a new life in Christ. And everything that you've done in the past, it does not matter. And I'm here to tell you today that things in your past, they do not matter. When we sin against God, the only thing that we have to do is ask for forgiveness. It literally is as simple as saying sorry. It literally is as simple as saying sorry. God, I'm sorry for what I've done. I need you. I want to start over. And you know what God says? Welcome home. Glad you're here. And we as Christians have to have that same attitude. Listen, I don't care what you did yesterday. Okay, if there's something that you need to do about what you did yesterday to seek forgiveness out from others that you have wronged, then do that. But once you hit that point, we are starting fresh. And you need to let whatever it is go. And in life, we sharpen each other by having conversations to let other people know that they are loved and that everything is okay and that we are moving forward and that things are good. Because in Christ, things are good. We need open conversations to stretch us, to make us think, to help us grow, to build us stronger. We are better together when we are able to put aside our differences, hear each other out, and grow together in a positive, godly direction. You're not always going to agree with everyone. Everyone is not always going to agree with you. You may not ever find a middle ground on a given issue. But when we can give, we should give. When we can give, we should give. When us giving doesn't morally threaten our relationship with God, it doesn't go against God's teachings, and it doesn't uh, cause us to sin or, or allow others to sin freely, we should give.
and there's instances in life where we don't give because maybe some small aspect of what they're doing is bad. And so we just say, well, you just have to stop altogether. Like you have to stop that thought process altogether. You have to stop doing that action altogether. And that's just not how life works. Now, maybe you need to stop things for a little while, like, because when I was 18, you guys all know this, I've not been shy about this, I had a drug and alcohol addiction. Well, my use of drug and alcohols happened around a certain friend group, and it wasn't their fault, it's not like they were pushing that stuff on me, and if I would have said, look, no thanks, I don't want it, I guarantee everyone would be like, all right, fine. But I had to, at least for a little while, build up a wall between myself and that friend group to get to the place where I was strong enough to be, to come back and say, we can be in the same room, we can hang out together, and I'm not going to be tempted to do the wrong thing. And that's not their fault, right? It wasn't any of their faults, but it was something that I had to do. And so sometimes, yes, we have to kibosh something altogether, but that doesn't mean that we can't come back to it later, find some good in it, find improvement, have a good relationship, have more strength, grow our foundation, and more importantly, be able to share the gospel of what God's done in your life with those people who maybe weren't making good decisions themselves. No one here is garbage. No one in this world is garbage. We can all be recycled. We can all be recycled. So are you a sharpener? Are you sharpening someone in your life? Do you have relationships that are sharpening you, that are helping you feel supported, that are non-judgmental and allowing you to, to build a firmer foundation? Do you allow yourselves to have those tough conversations with people? Because we all need to. We are better together when we are able to converse with one another and love one another. God wants that relationship to be there. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, we come to you right now. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for everything in this world that you have given to us. God, we recognize that we are better together, that we need to love one another just as you have loved us, that we need to approach one another in a spirit of gentleness, not in a spirit of judgment, that we need to say your past is your past and it's okay to move on from it. And that God has a future so bright and so grand that you cannot even imagine what that may be. God, we thank you that you are the God who recycles and doesn't just throw away. We thank you that you literally forget our past. And that you will be there to help us build a brighter, stronger, more healthy future. God, I pray that for each and every person and individual in here today that you would strengthen them and help them build up together and that you break them of any judgmental area in their heart. God, that you allow them to see all people the way that you see all people as, as precious creations, as potential brothers and sisters in Christ. But God, because your, your desire, your will is that everyone comes to know you. And if we're building a wall between us and others, if we're closing that door on a relationship just because of one thing we don't like, Lord, we may be preventing that from taking place. Help us to be a people in a church that reaches out to others, that opens our doors to any sin and any affliction. 
and says that, listen, while we may not completely agree with you, we will still love you. We ask for all these things in your name. Amen. Now, there are a couple decisions that some of you guys will be able to make today. Some of you maybe have been thinking about becoming members. You're not a member. You'd like to talk about that. If that is the case, I will be standing over there for as long as I can stand. Uh, come talk to me. If not, I'll be right up here in this front row, and please feel free to come talk to me there too. Some of you will say, look, I don't have that good relationship with Jesus that you're talking about. My, my life doesn't mimic that. I need to know who this Jesus is, who this recycler of men is, who this forgiver is. Come talk to me about that. I don't want you to leave this place today without having that conversation about Jesus. Some of you say, listen, I know Jesus. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know Jesus. But even in knowing Jesus, I haven't really lived my life according to the way that, that he would want me to live it. And so I just want to rededicate myself to that. I want to rededicate myself to God, and I want to say goodbye to my past and just focus on my future. If that's an option for you, come talk to me about it today. If you just need to be prayed for, if you have something going on in your life that you just need to be prayed for, or you need prayer for, come talk to me. No judgment zone right here. Let's worship together. Let's worship the one who loves us, who built us to be together.